Aaron, what is the image of from last time? Uh, don't know. Hold on, let me look. Is it Left for Dead related? I believe it is Left for Dead related. Yeah, because they they released some new content. We talked yeah. about it last time. We did talk about yeah, that. Yeah, just looking at the image now, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, I'll man. I like that out of this. But every time I'm done, I'm like minimalist, and then I look at the list of things we have, and I just start typing things in. <laughs> well, yeah, just uh-huh, um, yeah. just call up our artists, mm-hmm. get them put oh. together some mock-ups. It's a good idea, actually. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why you always forget that we have a dedicated artist for our thumbnails. A dedicated artist that was hired by our dedicated social media manager. Mm-hmm. And we and paid by all the money we make. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. I'm rolling in the cash. I've for doing all sure. of those, uh, for doing all those uh, live reads. Yeah. Have I not distributed any of the cash that I have in piles in my basement <laughs> to you guys? Oh, you just have them in piles, do you? Oh, I haven't been down there in a while. I should go grab some. That's why everybody lives at your house. Yeah, it does make sense now. <laughs> Welcome to The Forecast, episode 112. The Forecast is a bi-weekly podcast produced and sometimes released on Thursdays. We are a community of people who love exploring and discussing all kinds of things, from video games and board games to film and TV to our everyday life experiences. If you'd like to know more about what we do, you can follow us at facebook.com forward slash We Are The Horizon Community, or you can come hang out on our Discord channel, or you can check out our website, wearethehorizon.com, where we have a ton of original content for you to browse through, albeit very old. Uh, additionally, everything we talk about, we push out to our cast notes which is going to be sent to whatever podcasting app you're using. I am Aaron, joined by a couple additional peeps. Alex. Hello. Jake John. Hello. Caleb. That's me. And Owen. Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. So I was thinking this week, since we don't have any more Alex time, we would just go back to the Aaron segment where I do a top 10 list. Oh, oh thank God! Yeah, everyone <laughs> missed that. Yeah. Okay, fine, fine. Listen, I'll give you an option. We can either go do a top ten list, which is or, the top ten weird yeah. things Nintendo sold before they made video games, or okay. I can tell you about the best Divinity Original Sin two build that I've ever witnessed in my life. All right, Nintendo, oh. let's go. Yeah, let's do that top ten list, baby. <laughs> you guys are missing out. I oh, do not. I, care. I was all in for the Divinity. Okay, Melistos. <laughs> what? You, what? What? Huh? We don't what? want both. That's yeah, funny. we do not want both. <laughs> okay, well, the Nintendo list is pretty boring, so I'm just going to shortly tell about tell you about uh, the best build in Divinity. I hate this. <laughs> I'm sure it's not even the best build in Divinity, but continue. This is my nightmare. No, no, here we go. Top ten. Uh, Nintendo started selling things to the Yakuza. They sold Fuck yeah playing cards. That's how they started. Number 10. Number nine, after they made playing cards, they made nudie cards and then also opened a pay-for-by-the-hour hotel. Wow. Number eight, they decided they would start making instant rice, which is, sure, cool. I don't know how. A little little different from what they're they're doing before. Yeah, that's a little out there. I mean, they lost a lot of money making instant rice. So (laughs) they, they learned their lesson. So the next thing they did was make a taxi company. Oh. 
it, yeah, apparently made them a lot of money. Uh, so in order to use that money to make more money, they started making knockoff Lego blocks. Mm. Okay, which that one tracks. Yeah, 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 I'm sure it went well. Then, number five, they made a love tester, which was just like this little device, and two people grabbed electrodes, and then you stared into each other's eyes and waited on it to beep. All he was really doing was testing heart rate, though. Every <laughs> love tester. Mm-hmm. Uh, following that, they wanted to do something really cool, so they made one of the first programmable electronic drum machines ever made. It was oh, called that's the cool. Elikonga, and it came out in 1972. Did it do well? I think you mean Donkey Konga? I do <laughs> mean... I don't mean that, actually. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't think it did very well. It doesn't seem like it did well any, anyways. Mm. Um, also, following that, Probably because it didn't do well, they decided to make a vacuum cleaner that was kind of remote. It had a little controller and just looks like kind of like a squished down BB-8 and drove around on the floor. I do I love mean, this idea that it was kind of remote. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. It was remote controlled kind of in that it has a button on the stick. That's what? about it. Just a button. A single turn it button. on and off from a distance. Just one. That's okay. all you need. Uh, Did it number move around two, on its own? Uh, it, it just says it didn't sell very well. As nifty as the gimmick was, the vacuum cleaner sucked. Or miraculously, it didn't suck. The tiny oh, vacuums man. could barely pick up anything or were too small to actually store more than a few dust mites. What was even the point? It does sound dumb. Wait. They, they moved so slowly, they would take the better part of a day to clean a single room. Oh. Heck, yeah. That's bad. Number two... Because their vacuum cleaner was so successful, they decided to go into office supplies. So they had an office equipment division in the 1970s. And then, last but not least, they made the Ultra Hand, which is like, you know those things, those little grabby picker-upper thingies that you use to pick up trash when you don't want to grab it yourself? Mm -hmm. That's like this, except it's like an extendo arm from, what's his face? Go-Go Gadget guy? Inspector Gadget? Go-Go Gadget guy. (laughs) it's his full name (laughs) okay so anyway that's the top 10 nothing really nothing really (laughs) neat kind of Nintendo was lame before they made games I think guys except for selling cards to the Yakuza to be fair they probably still sell stuff to the Yakuza that's probably true (laughs) I wonder if they know the Yakuza they probably like switches you know no they probably do they probably do uh, the okay, Yakuza so. has gone on record of saying that they actually like the Yakuza games. Uh, nice, the nice. only thing they dislike about it is how often they end up in fights. <laughs> Which is pretty mm. much most of the game. <laughs> I, I feel like that's probably telltale for their like existence. Don't they normally just end up in fights? Apparently not. That's the really? entire reason why they don't like it. Is They were like, hey, this is actually pretty realistic, except we don't nearly get into that many fights. That's really disappointing, actually. I wonder what a real-life Yakuza game would be like. Probably pretty depressing. Intimidating a bunch of other fuckers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cutting off a couple of people's fingers. Calling it a day. Okay, so before we go to what you've been playing lately, I do need to tell you about this build because it's very important, and it will take literally no time at all. Uh, a guy I watch who does... Uh, negative latency game, on. Name of game is a perfectly <laughs> balanced game with no exploits. Recently made one about Divinity Original Sin 2 where mm-hmm. all he did was max the telekinesis skill. Mm. And then and he went and found a gold chest, which in-game has no health bar. Mm. And he stacked it full of 6,000 pounds of things and just tossed it at enemies. Mm. So by level six, he could kill the troll on the bridge with 7,000 health with one toss of 
said chest. Wow. Okay. Yes. That's that's interesting. Mm-hmm. See, I thought you were going to talk about the build that uh, my girlfriend found when she was trying to build somebody, which was a um, oh god, it was a a necromancer, and you have to use Fane because there is a way that you stack a bunch of your skills and you get eighteen action points a turn. Sounds That's just like better than character. So you just you just win. Like mm-hmm. like this it becomes your turn and then you just do a bunch of stuff, double like you double your round or whatever, and then just win. Uh which which sounded fun. Yeah. yeah. That sounds close to as effective as the I, just uh, necro with elemental affinity. And it turns out that works on blood with necro skills. Yeah. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Might be broken. Maybe. So good. Okay, well, now that we've talked about all those really boring, lame things, let's move on to what you've been playing lately. And uh, Jake, we'll start with you this week. Start with me? Oh okay, my fine. God. We started with you last week. Alex, we'll start with you oh, this week. Thank God. <laughs> okay. Dodge the bullet there, Jake. Yeah, I know. Oh, I don't know what I played. They disappeared. <laughs> oh, Got there you. they are again. Oh, it's me now, though. It's my car. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Jake played my game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, I played a few things. Uh there's a game called Wild West and Wizards on Steam. What? Pretty dang cheap. It's kind of it, like it's a little pretty dang um, bad. No, it's a it's a little uh like RPG western thing where you have spells also. You run around <laughs> uh-huh. with like a revolver or a repeater or whatever and you're in the, in the Wild West and you're taking on quests and Is this like com- the video game adaptation stuff of Cowboys vs Aliens? Mm. I thought it was Cowboys and no. Aliens. Is it Cowboys and Aliens? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. What an even more bad name. I was going to say, very bad. <laughs> what a incredible film, though. Oh, mm. wonderful. I have my doubts. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's pretty simple, but it's also really cheap. So I got it on sale for like three bucks or something. So I, oh, I was about I'm to say neither... really cheap. It's currently $15. Oh. Well, <laughs> sucks to be you guys, I guess. Sucks to suck. Yikes. Like, I'm not a cowboy or a wizard, but I feel like if you have access to Wild West guns and also the infinite power of magic, mm-hmm. one of those maybe you don't need so much. <laughs> maybe you can just toss that revolver in the bin and just do fireballs. We have like, <laughs> there's three different classes you can play as. And like one of them is like gun focused. And then like yeah. the, another one's like, really magic focused you know so like you choose a gun focused guy and you fight a bunch of people with fireballs and you're like oh i'm just gonna shoot with a revolver yeah (laughs) but i don't know pretty fun um i also picked up the flatland collection there's there's games on steam called flatland volume one and volume two there's also another one called prologue i think or something like that i haven't played that one is it based on the guy, like the the guy who posed the theory about people who live in flatland, like nope. the squares and circles? No. Oh, okay. It's just a hard platformer <laughs> where you play as a square. Okay. I mean, it um, sounds great. I'm <laughs> I'm in. Uh, I would say don't pick up volume one and get volume two, and then immediately go into the options and turn off the screen shake. Because it is so aggressive. And also, there's a lot of other effects that go on at the same time that 
you can just you can just lose the square sometimes you just don't even see where you're at anymore you're like oh, okay this is fun i was getting really frustrated with it for a while and then i turned that off and i was like oh, okay this game's good <laughs> mm-hmm. um it's just, yeah it's just your basic hard platformer where you're a square <laughs> <laughs> you, you know the games yeah you know you you're a, square. there's so many of them you the old jump. thomas was alone <laughs> you have a dash Genre. it's fun um <laughs> Cool. You have a jump. You know, you have a dash. <laughs> you can move. There's a lot of levels, it seems. There's a lot of levels. And there's uh like hidden le- not hidden, they're out in the open, but there's challenge levels <laughs> in the levels. Which are more challenging. Is that there's no it's way that's why they call it challenge level. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a right. bunch of us a bunch of us bought Among Us, which is all the Rage these days, apparently, on Twitch and stuff like that. Yeah. Old game, what? suddenly very important. Came out in, like, 2018 or something like that? Really? Why? Does anyone know why it suddenly became popular? No idea. I'm, I'm sure one person some streamer, it. yeah. Like, I some had... streamer played it, I guess, and then now all of them are playing it. I had two yeah. co-workers who are not video gamers mention or ask me if I played it. Before oh, we wow. picked it up. I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> Man, that's the worst when you're like the gamer person. Everyone else is like, oh, do you play this? And it's like, man, I don't know. I don't know. I know like I, hundreds, but not that one. I, I hate to break it to you, but there's like millions of video games. <laughs> like, uh... see, I, th- I don't know. I think people just think there's like a limited, like in general, I would assume people who are not video game players are probably, you know, assuming that there's just kind of a, just a handful of games, not the number of games that are in on Steam store. I mean, because that, you, there's like what twelve? Yeah. Oh, that's true. There's. I guess that's true. That's true. I, there's I not feel that like many. it's it's probably a thing of like they think video games are like movies where there's like you know five to six movies that kind of rotate around every month or so that everyone kind of like plays or watches or whatever, and that's it. Like just not whatever like... is at your local Cineplex, and not like you know also adding the indie Cineplexes, and then you know the Bollywood films, and then mm-hmm. all of the mm-hmm. other foreign films, the French films. They don't like doing all that shit. So it's like video games are insane. Like I literally am at the point where every day when I get on my computer, one of the first things I do is go to Steam and look at the front page, and there's new games. There's new games there every day. Every, every day. day. Every day. You go to the new and featured section, and it's different every day. Literally, I, I'm at the point where if I just stopped buying games right now, I could probably play a new game for the rest of my life <laughs> without needing to repeat any. Oh, man. A new game that you currently own? I, dude, I have a pretty yeah. big Steam Library. Because I'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah, Caleb could definitely that. do that. Yeah. I have 100% sat here and just made a sticky note list of like, okay, I bought this game. I need to actually play it before mm-hmm. I buy mm-hmm. a new mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, yeah. a lot of us are subscribers to the Humble Monthly. Yep. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I haven't even like redeemed a bunch of those in months and months. All right. Well, something's I, wrong with you. We Listen. should make a video series about that where we <laughs> actually play them. I think that'd be fun. Alex and I went on there the other day just to check. And I have not redeemed games since December 2019's bundle, with the exception <laughs> the of one in March. And it was Frostpunk, which I put a whole like 35 minutes into. Nice. So yeah, Among Us is a pretty cool game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Among Us was a lot of fun. It's a social deduction game where you basically have 
the town and you have the imposters and you get like 10 people together and you have two imposters in the group and the regular townspeople are running around trying to do tasks in like this spaceship type thing or like this uh there's a couple different maps and um the imposters basically are running around sabotaging and or killing people and trying not to get caught and then every time a body's found you go to this discussion screen and you can vote to exile people or shove them out of the airlock or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's pretty intense. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty accurate. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's pretty fun. Like you'll just, as an imposter, you're running around making sure nobody's nearby and then you just run up to somebody and murk them in the back. Or in our experiences, sometimes you just murder them while a bunch of people are around and it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That happened many times, actually. I did well, it. I, yeah. The, the one aspect of that <laughs> game that is interesting is you don't really know all of the inner workings of the ship when you first start. You know the basics. You know you can move around. Mm-hmm. You know if you're the enemy, you have like certain abilities to move through the ship through these little grates. But there's all these rooms that have abilities that don't necessarily pop up until you happen to walk close to like a screen or a console. And then you can do other things that you didn't know you could normally do. Yeah. There's like a camera system that you can look through try to catch somebody murdering somebody there's like a um, there's a section where you can see like vitals mm-hmm. on people and then you can see a vital disappear and then be like oh crap well they're dead oh, there's also the main the main room where you start there's an emergency meeting button it's a big red button and you can just go hit that once per game for each person and you can just call an emergency meeting whenever you want and try to vote somebody out so there's one point where I was like, it's these two people. It's for sure these two people. And we voted one out. And then I just sat there next yep. to the button until it unlocked and then immediately hit it. And I was like, all right, let's vote <laughs> the other person. It's a pretty um, short duration game, which, is, which yeah, is probably the best part about it. It's really quick. A lot of fun. I think it nails the social deduction stuff without being like annoying about it. Yeah. So. And uh, yeah, finally I played Celeste, hot new release Celeste. <laughs> what a what a game! Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, we were visiting um, Aaron's sister, and I had Celeste on my Switch, and I just beat that game on Switch for whatever reason. Wait, the whole game? Well, I beat the the main. Story. So not the whole game. I mean, I beat the main story, Aaron. That doesn't count until you beat chapter nine. I feel like uh, it counts a little bit, though. No, I feel like it counts quite a you bit. Get, you it's get like credits. <laughs> there's like an end sequence. There's credits. Ugh. All there's so much more. Post-game. There's so much more. I've done way more of that on the PC where I originally played it. But you haven't beat it. <laughs> I've done all the B-sides and all C-sides, which is way more than most people can say. That's true. That is very true. I've done like half of chapter nine, I think. One half to go. But I basically wanted to bring it up because it's one of the very, very few games that I've played more than once at this point. This is a very, very good game. Yeah. You know, it's like the best game of 2018, but I've played Bayonetta more than once. I mean, it is one of the best games of the last decade. 
Can't really think of anything else I've played more than once. Mirror's Edge. Mm, mm. Mirror's Edge. The, the <laughs> yeah, the first one? Yeah, the first one. I'm sure it's the first one. The first Mirror's Edge, yes. Yeah, okay, cool. cool oh, cool. Titanfall 2. I've played more than once. Mm. Destiny. I don't know. You play not a lot. really. Yeah, not not really. How, how do you find play more than once? Yeah, I mean, if maybe you've if I opened it on Steam more than once. Yeah, <laughs> I would oh, say man, yeah. If I had gone through the campaigns more than once, but I did each of the campaigns one time. Hmm. Uh, Jake, what have you been okay. playing? We're back. I, I'm ready now. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm emotionally ready. Good. Uh, so I finished Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, that game's really good. Uh, I should clarify, when I say I finished it, I got the Platinum Trophy for it yesterday. Whoa. Wow. So I, like, I did wow. everything. Wow. finished it. Basically, liked yeah. It. I liked it. I liked it a lot, actually. It... Sucker Punch just makes really compelling open worlds. Uh, I thought Infamous 2 had a really, really good open world. That's actually... I got a Platinum Trophy on that one, too. <laughs> uh, it just... It's very conducive to just going around and picking stuff up. It's fun throughout. Mm -hmm, They're fun mm -hmm. to get around. Uh, and Ghost of Tsushima is just really good. You got that platinum on Second Son? No, weird. <laughs> the worst game Sucker Punch has ever made, I think. I did not get a platinum on. Um, but yeah, Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, I think I have two things that I'm going to complain about. Everything else is really good, but mm -hmm. there's no lock-on, which mm -hmm. I wanted to complain about last time, and I forgot, but it's uh, probably the worst part of that game. I'm pretty sure you mentioned that at one point. Did I? Mm -hmm. Well, it Just bears briefly. repeating. <laughs> I don't know if you said it on the it's podcast a, it's or not. It's such a sin. Bring it back. Like, it, you, to be fair, in its defense, it does usually work fine. But sometimes it doesn't. And it's real, real annoying. I kind of just want to see what I'm doing. Like, one time you do these, like, showdowns where you, like, go up and you wait for them to attack you. And you, like, draw your sword real quick and you get them. Mm -hmm. And one time that happened and the camera was just, like, behind some leaves like some branches on a tree, so I couldn't see them. So I just kind of had to guess when they were going to hit me. <laughs> and that didn't work very well, if you can believe it. Uh, and then the other thing is just, it's not very... Um, it's not very unique, I guess. Like, it's very, like, Ubisoft sandboxy. It's like, yeah. okay, you know, there's a bunch of stuff on the map. You go to the things on the map, you do the thing. Um, you know, you've got a balance of combat and stealth. But it does, for what it's worth. It works really, really good. I had a lot of fun with it. Hmm. Uh, I also started playing Final Fantasy VII, both the original and the remake. Oh, both. Okay. Both of them. Yeah, well, because I started playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I'm like, you know what? This is pretty good, but I like, should I play the original first? And oh, so I'm, like, I'm looking some stuff up, Wait, and what? I'm like, Final Fantasy VII is on mobile. Oh, for like eight dollars. <laughs> okay, so I was like, "Oh, yeah." So I started playing that, and like the remake is good. The combat's—it seems really good at first, and then you play it for like another hour, and you're like, "Oh, it's not that good." Like it's—it gets repetitive pretty quick. Mm. Uh, you basically—it kind of mixes like. You hit guys with combos to build up a bar, and then you can, like, pause the game to use a special move that goes off of that bar. It's... it's okay. Uh, the hits don't really feel very impactful, uh, which is kind of annoying. Uh, it's really pretty. 
for what yeah. that's worth. Uh, what's kind of weird about it, playing playing them back to back like that, I'm about four hours into the remake and about 30 minutes into the original, and I'm at about the same point Whoa. in the story. Whoa. <laughs> the remake has like a lot of stuff. Like just a lot of stuff. The combat yeah. also just takes way, way longer. Because like I'm the original, sure... it's turn-based. So you just hit them until you win. Isn't the mm. remake like just the first third of the game or something? Yeah, it's I think it's the first disc of Final yeah. Fantasy VII, which came on three discs. <sighs> what? So I know I know the pacing gets even worse. Good and it's Lord. like a $60 game, right? Or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's still like <laughs> I think if you look at how long to beat both games, it's about the same amount of playtime. So Wait, I, what? I, I so have like filled it. I think there's a lot of filler. Filled it. stuff. Yeah, I, I haven't gotten to any of that yet, and I haven't played the first, so I don't know. Right. I don't necessarily know when it's going to start being filler, but like there's a side quest where you have to find this girl's cat. Pretty sure that one's, you know, <laughs> that one felt like filler in my heart. Uh, and then the last game I played was Helheim Hassle. Yeah. Uh, it's the sequel to Manual Samuel, and I really like it. Actually, I finished the whole thing. It took about six hours. Uh, a lot which, longer than Manual Samuel. Yeah, Manual Samuel, I looked. I think I beat it in two. Wow. Yeah, so way, way longer. I, If I'm remembering right, it was like 15 bucks. So that's mm-hmm. that's a pretty good deal. And that's even counting. There's a lot of, lot of side content in Helheim Hassle that I have not done. Uh, so that, that's really, really cool. Um. Yeah, yeah so, I was wondering when someone was going to get over to Helheim because I know that we we talked about it or you guys talked about it during um, the pre PAX Boston, mm-hmm. um, you know, podcast or maybe it was the post Boston. It was probably podcast. the post. Yeah, I think I, it was I, post. I, but I, I do recall the... you guys talking about it, and so I was wondering when I saw it on Steam, I was just like, "Oh, who's grabbing it? Who's who's doing the review?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's it's surprisingly good. Uh, so the concept is like you're the character and you get basically like cursed. So all your limbs can detach, but you can still like control them. Uh, and what's kind of interesting is you can combine them in different ways. So like you can get just your two legs attached to each other and they just move really fast and jump super high. And then like you can have two arms and they can just like launch themselves off of like when they're hanging on a ledge they'll just jump really high off of that uh and the puzzles are the puzzles are pretty good i don't think any of them were like super tough to be fair i haven't done like the extra challenge part yet there's like there's literally a part where the guy's like yeah i'm building this like place full of puzzles you should come back later wink wink and i'm like okay whatever guy (laughs) like i'll be back maybe uh but i think they're all pretty well designed i had i had a lot of fun playing this one I really just want to mention about this game that when we talked to the developer, he said that this game was completely designed around one single review for Manuel Samuel. Mm, that's right. He did say that. I don't remember what the review was about, but something to do with like all of it feels like you're just operating a bunch of independent limbs. And so he's mm-hmm. like, you know what? That can be a really good game. And then made a game. Who does yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> sometimes that's where your inspiration is man like it just takes one spark and you just can run with it if you haven't seen those guys commercials man there's something else (laughs) yeah dude perfectly paranormal seems 
like a wild place to work. Yeah. <laughs> also, sign up for their newsletter. It's pretty great. It's awesome. Those guys are great. Uh, this game also, it takes place on the same Wednesday as Manuel Samuel. And oh, there, yeah, that's there are right. Quite a few moments where you're like, uh, uh, I see it. I get it. And didn't so he say cool. he's like going to make a third one? I think it's, it's going to be like a trilogy. I think he said it was mm-hmm. like the Wednesday trilogy or something to that effect. <laughs> Tuesday <laughs> trilogy. Because I think Tuesday. it's a alliteration. You know, that I does. Think. That sounds way, way better. That's <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> so cool. Uh, oh, and how about you? What have you been playing? Uh, so I've been playing uh, a bunch of different things. I uh, did a little bit of Overwatch because I've been watching the uh, the Overwatch League playoffs. Uh, so I've been doing a, a couple of arcade games. How would you say you feel about Overwatch right now, Owen? Uh, I will not play ranked until they fix <laughs> the tanks. And, yeah, I'm, I'm just not. I'll play arcade and just like goof around, but I will not play ranked. I did that too much at the end of the last season, and it kind of bit myself in the ass with it because I just was not having fun. And I constantly oh, played yeah. the same two healers. And so I was just like... Uh, I dropped so I, much SR at the end of last season. Yeah, I did too. Mm-hmm. I think I dropped about 300 SR on on both of my things, and I was like, "Yeah, uh, I'm not not about this." I realized um, that, especially with the last two patches, that it's become it's come to the point where like every game involves two tanks that are the same, and two healers that are a, a mix of like three different healers, but it's always always an Anna because you have to counter the hog. And then, yeah. uh, and I'm not a good Anna. Really counter him anymore. Uh, so, so I, I, I haven't been keeping up with the patches. What did they do? Th- well, so, like, I, I don't know exactly what they've done because I haven't been paying attention to the patches much either. But basically, like, you run Hog Zarya because Hog's damage Hog's now so just breaks shields. Busted right now. Well, he's busted yeah. because his damage breaks shields, and shields are he's- garbage at the moment. Yeah. yeah, and he's just unkillable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his heal so, is crazy. So you run Hog, Zarya, and Anna, more than likely, um, uh, like Lucio or some other kind of like backup support on that, uh, and then two snipers. And yeah, that's just, nobody has shields, so and, yeah, and yeah. so it just mm-hmm. sucks because if you're playing, you know, anything that's not. Uh, a tank against two snipers you just walk around the corner and you die which you know then people are like well just keep out of line of sight which is fine (laughs) but then you never move forward because you don't have a shield to walk behind so you just gotta sit there and heal other people and it like it's just not a fun experience every every match feels incredibly focused on who has the better dps yeah yeah and like the other roles don't affect a ton yeah. The I, I will say they actually just posted a patch today that reduced damage on Roadhog's uh normal projectile shot and Torbjorn's damage per second. So God is Torb meta right now? Oh dude, he's he's so broken. He does so much damage. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I've, I've seen no, a no lot barriers, of people just so run Torb. Oh sure. You shoot in a straight Murders line. People. Um, so yeah, did a little bit of that, like I said, because I was been watching the Overwatch League playoffs. The playoffs have been fascinating to watch. Um, a because they're not on this patch, and I think the other thing that's fairly interesting about them is that um, they're they took the previous season into account on where people are like ranking and standings wise, but they're not 
basing the entire playoffs of that. So even the Washington Justice that had a really bad season is in the running on the playoffs because it's just like, hey, this is the tournament. If you do well, you you do well. You get to you get a chance to win, um, which I think is really good, uh, especially in a game like this that you're changing the patch so often. You know, sometimes your team is going to suck uh, in the beginning of the season because, you know, it's a more like DPS meta uh you know patches and you may not have that as your team but then later on you get switches so like i'm liking this also strangely enough washington justice is kicking ass and it's amazing to watch like i eat there is uh a lot of people do like the kind of you know the march madness kind of brackets or whatever and every single one of those is fucked up because the washington justice has taken out like three of the top teams and everyone's just scratching their heads like, where the fuck did these guys come from? What the hell is going on? Uh, and it's just, it's entertaining to watch. It's good Overwatch, and it's also good Overwatch that's fun to watch because, like, anytime you have, like, an underdog team that's taking out and fucking up people's brackets, that's always just good sports. That's always, like, an interesting sports thing because then it's not like, oh, well, you know, the statistician said that this team that's going to kick everyone's ass is kicking everyone's ass. Of course they're going to win. Um, it's nice seeing that, like, other teams are doing well that shouldn't be, uh, and they're just kind of messing it up for everyone else. So that's cool. Um nice. I've also played a little bit more of Fall Guys, looking forward to Season 2, got back into playing a little bit of World of Warcraft, uh, because I just was bored last weekend out of my mind after uh, playing Tony Hawk, and I just wanted to get back into it, because the new, the the new, um, uh, not patch, the new uh, expansion that's expansion. coming out next month. Yeah, uh, looks really good. So I kind of had a bit of an itch, and uh, so I'm I'm going back and playing it a bit to remember my controls and everything. Uh, did play some Tony Hawk, and Tony Hawk was great. I beat that game in a day and a half. Uh, I literally just was playing it constantly. It was fantastic. Soundtrack is great. The new songs that they've added are awesome. Um, You know, it's exactly what you want the Tony Hawk games to be. It looks absolutely beautiful. It's the same controls that you kind of remember playing one and two. Uh, It's they just did such a really good job of remaking that. And it was a lot of fun. I just was slightly disappointed because I forgot that. They're both such short games. And so I beat it way the fuck too fast. I would have I would have held off and kind of like uh, rationed it a bit longer if I knew. Uh, and I remembered that, you know, both of these are N64 slash PlayStation games. So there's not exactly a lot of content they could have put on those discs and uh, and cartridges. So it just it it just flew right by. I think I actually looked at the playtime at the end of it and it was like 14 hours and 58 minutes or something like that and I was like, "All right, that's solid." Like I definitely mm-hmm. feel like I got my money's worth out of it, but it was very sad that I was like, "Oh, I I definitely should have uh should have chilled because I was having a lot of fun." And so I just kept playing it. Like I just kept wanting to do bigger and better combos and the soundtrack just got me into it. So I was just, I was just constantly playing that from, I think about 11, I think I played it 12 hours on Friday from like 11 to 11. You could have beat the last of us part (laughs) one. Yeah, that that was Aaron when he played last of us part one. (laughs) Speaking of uh, World of Warcraft, 
They're getting ray tracing in that game. Are they, Are they really? Right. <laughs> just wanted, Fortnite, huh? Why not? Just want to let everybody know. Might be playing World of Warcraft soon. Uh huh. Hey, <laughs> no, I'm not. Join me in I'm chat. Not, I'm not. I'm not. But <laughs> I Say, thought it was funny. Saying from the guy who's playing Final Fantasy on uh, what 14 or whatever the yeah. the MMO yeah. one is. Yeah, I'm checking along on that. Yeah. It's pretty cool. You know, just one day, one day you'll my, join. I got me my chocobo the other day. That was pretty sick. Um. One thing I'll mention, I, I, I've already only played um, two games really this last week. Overwatch was one of them. Of course, we talked about that a lot. Due Process, I put some more time into Due Process. Um, man, again, I really like playing that game, but I keep getting in groups where people aren't talking. And there's no way to play that game without communicating. It is just not good. So, um, love the I'd game. Like but to I, try I, it again. Yeah, I feel like with the out of yeah. squad, and I feel like the curve is going to happen really, really quick with this game. Similar to how like, you know, Siege over time, like you just are not good at that game anymore. In mm-hmm. general, people are just so good. I feel like this curve is going to be very fast and it's going to be uh, people who know what they're doing in terms of loadouts. From my one experience from playing the limited access beta, I feel like we're already like that. Yep. It because I be got there. murdered from somewhere. No, idea. I have no idea where mm-hmm. so fast. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, I feel like this, that's just that game. Uh, one other thing I would like to mention, though. Uh, this weekend, uh, of course, we went and saw my sister, and we were up um, in Wisconsin, and we decided to go to an escape room. I know we don't really talk about escape rooms a lot on this podcast, but we, Alex searched around for a while and found an escape room that was very difficult, had like some I don't, 11% solve rate. Does that sound 1. right? 1.5%. Wait. Oh, no, wait. You're talking about the one in Wisconsin. No, we, yeah. I don't, it's like I don't eleven what that one was. or something, but they gave you seventy-five minutes because it was a slightly more complicated escape room. Um, it's themed around a jail cell. You're trying to make a jailbreak. Anyways, you have two groups of three that start in two different rooms, and you kind of have to open doors and then make your way out. Our group solved so fast; we had thirty-five minutes left on the clock. And I, the lady who was running the escape room, she was losing her mind about how good we were. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, how many escape rooms have you guys done? I've done 37. Look at these tattoos on my arm from all the ones I've done. Yeah, 37 is not an exaggeration there. She did say 37. Wow. Yeah. Just one. Yes. She, how, also, how she, literally, she literally had a tattoo sleeve of escape room related stuff. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but how many have you done? Because I know I've done escape rooms with uh, a few of you before. So, like, mm-hmm. I know we've done a number together. And I know that you've done many without me, so I'm just wondering, like, what is your number out there, Alex and Aaron? I think I've done close to 15. 10, 15, somewhere in there, I think, for me. I I did feel, I felt very accomplished with this escape room. We were 20 minutes faster than the record holder, which, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good feeling. She said at one point, she went to go to the bathroom the person who was running it went to go to the bathroom. When she came back, she was like looking at it. She was like, wait, there's no way they're that far along. I was just gone for like two minutes. Solid game. Solid Gosh. game. Uh, Caleb, let's move on to you. What have you been playing lately? Well, Jake convinced me very easily to go buy Rogue Legacy, too. I did that. <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, only played about two hours of that. I've not, uh, not even beaten the first boss yet, but it's uh, oh, wow. pretty solid. You must suck. Yeah. Yeah, he does suck. Or maybe the <laughs> difficulty curve in this one's actually pretty good. I don't know. Uh, but that, it feels really is good. Is that good? 
if yeah. you can't beat the first boss. Yeah, for a while, for a roguelite, yeah, for a while. I would argue any level game up having a tough boss is nice. <laughs> no, that's just me. I thought the first game was plenty tough. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that game feels pretty good. I'm excited to you know, see what they do with it. I guess it's it's a lot like the first game right now, right? Wow. Somebody's excited about their car right Can now. you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, while we were on vacation, I played on my Switch a little bit, so I played some SteamWorld Quest. Oh my gosh. What now is have construction happening people. outside? <laughs> Good content's what's happening yeah. outside. Hot damn. Okay, oh, we'll just shut that window, see if that's any better. Um, Whatever, so mine's on, open. on vacation, <laughs> we, uh, I played some Switch, so I played SteamWorld Quest. I tried playing that again, I guess I should say. I was playing on, there's three difficulties, easy, normal, and legend or something. So, of course, I was playing on legend. And on legend, bosses are literally impossible. Like, I I prep for the specific boss, and I'm still nowhere near beating them. So I put it on normal, and I can beat the bosses. But then regular encounters are so trivial that it's, like, very boring. So there's, like, a terrible discrepancy between difficulty levels in that game. I cannot. I haven't tried easy. I can't imagine. Can you flip back and how forth on the fly? The encounters are. Yeah. So, <laughs> so can just, you just when I get play to the boss, it? I put it on normal, and then yeah. I put it back on legend whenever I'm fighting normal. People. Okay, sure. But that's dumb. <laughs> that's that's such a ridiculous difference between the difficulty levels. Uh, I've also I've been playing a bunch of demos on Steam recently. Um, so I played this game called Celasta. I think. I think it's pronounced um, Celeste. <laughs> Somebody made that joke when I was talking about it last time, wasn't it? Really? Was it you? Was it you? I, it does I it sound me. like a me joke, but <laughs> okay, was Alex, that sounds right. Um, but it's a fifth edition D and D game. So you run around with a squad of four people exploring dungeons and whatnot. And while I don't like fifth edition in terms of tabletop RPGs, terms I think game. it actually works Play. pretty well in video game form. And uh, this game, this game was pretty fun. It had some, you know, tactical grid-based combat, and then I had a bunch of exploration stuff, um, like jumping around and falling through a crack, and then somebody can immediately cast Featherfall or whatever, save your guy. But it does a lot of, I think it does a lot good for fifth edition. Like it matches up pretty well. It looks cool. I mean, it looks it looks kind of like a pretty neat game or an iteration of that where they've taken and adapted to a video game. Yeah, I think they've done it really faithfully. Mm-hmm. Which probably means there's not going to be a lot of customization for your characters, but <laughs> she would still be fun. Uh, and then I also played this game called Ring of Pain, which has an almost uh, shoot. What's the card game called where you're climbing the tower? Slay the Spire. It has an almost Slay the Spire-like feel, um, but instead of building your own deck of cards, you're like fighting. Man, it's hard to explain. You're doing a good job, though. All right. Normal encounter, <laughs> you go into a room, and then there's like a ring of cards. A fire? Oh. <laughs> and sometimes they're enemies. Sometimes they're upgrades for you. Sometimes they're just like bad, like bombs or something. Um, and you can you can have two up at a time, and you can move around the ring. But you can't like pass by enemies without using like stealth to get past them. And if you don't stealth correctly, they like hit you and whatnot. But it's got a it's got some neat mechanics based around like chaining things from one to the next. 
So sometimes there's an enemy that'll like charge up an explosion and constantly move towards you. So if you move into a spot and he charges up the explosion, then you pop out and move over. Then he pops in between two enemies and blows them both up. Stuff like that. So it's got some got some neat mechanics. I'm excited for when that comes out. Hmm. Um, a little roguelike building, deck building kind of ish. Uh, let's talk about a couple things that are in news world. First and foremost, uh, of course, at some point in the next like two months, we would normally be having our uh, pre-pup, pre-PAX Unplugged podcast. Um, but of course, all the PAXs are not happening. You know, there's this little thing called COVID happening right now. Uh, so instead, PAX decided to go online. I think we talked about this once in the past, but this is supposed to be starting in uh, two days. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be... What, what are they calling it? Not, uh, 24-9? Yeah. <laughs> 20, 20, 20, mm-hmm, that's really dumb. 24 yeah. hours a day for nine days straight. They're going to be doing something PAX related. And that includes panels. That includes demos. That includes games uh, like tournaments that you can play. Um, and I think at least some of us have explored a little bit of the schedule and kind of what's going on. Uh, so I wanted to just talk about that briefly. Uh, number one which I think is the most exciting, is they're going to have Mike Pondsmith do the yeah. story time this year. Um, and he is the writer of uh, Cyberpunk 2020. And I think he did also some work on 2077. I don't... Maybe Alex can speak more to that, but... He, he did do. Okay. Um, it'll be interesting to see how effective they are at doing things online. I mean, it's not hard to do them anymore. Pretty much there's... There's a ton of different ways you can achieve trade shows online. Everybody's doing them right now. Even for commercial applications, trade shows are online. But uh, there is definitely a, I don't know, there's like a, it's just a feeling being in packs with thousands of people that is just completely different than what you can probably experience through just watching a, a monitor. I don't know. Thoughts? Anyone? I think the one thing that's very nice about this and the thing that i'm looking forward to the most is the fact that because it is online and it is all being streamed on twitch it is being recorded and so any of the panels that you might want to possibly watch you can just throw it on in the background you can you know have it while you're going through some of your destiny stuff or playing wow like there's literally no reason we can't actually see panels this time around. Like, we will definitely do that because it's it's all there at any time that you want uh, and any of the different panels. And they, I mean, they're covering every different topic range like they normally do. So I, I actually kind of think that this is going to be a nice way of being able to kind of digest some of that content. Sadly, there is no 404ing at breaking down the internet this year, so we won't be able to record that and then send it to all the people (laughs) so that they know how good it was. (laughs) Uh, Who else had a chance to look at this schedule? I was just looking at the streams, and I guess they're combining it with uh, EGX, which is the UK game expo. Maybe that's why they have streams at like 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. That's well, probably even the about it. Max streams are twenty four seven, right? Twenty four nine. Twenty four nine. That's correct. Yes, get it right, Caleb. <laughs> yeah, what you said was dumb. That is really dumb. Uh, so anybody else have a chance to look at the schedule at all? We don't yeah. need a cover pack. 
Go ahead. I mean, I, I've looked. Uh, I didn't really like. Obviously, the story time sounds freaking awesome, but right. you know, I don't know. I didn't really see a whole lot on here that I was like super hyped for. It kind of sucks because walking around the expo floor a lot of times is fun, and also just seeing all of the people because you just see yeah. some really crazy people at PAX. Um. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure after the fact, like when I see them popping up on like YouTube, if I can watch like a, a panel already recorded, I'll probably end up watching a lot of stuff. I just I kind of don't see myself like planning my day around like up oh, that mm-hmm. panels at you know, three thirty. Got to make mm-hmm. sure I stop working on a Thursday. <laughs> well, to watch yeah. this in order to get the PAX experience, I've already figured this out. Here's what we're gonna do. We are going to Netflix together, Men in Black International, the night yes. before PAX oh. Online goes live. That's I'm so, so in. Then mm. we'll know. Wait, isn't... We also have to go get pizza from somewhere, but I guess we'll have to do that independently. But so, we so can't get some any... of us have to do it independently. Yes, just some. <laughs> the rest of you guys have to go get dinner at like, what time was it? I don't remember. It's like almost midnight, I'm sure. Damn class. <laughs> <laughs> we have to wait till everything's closed and then try to find food. Yeah, then you have to on an Uber. Hey, no, 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 you're you're missing the important part, and that is the fact that this this is taking place of, you know, of unplugged. So you have to have me come over and cook you a really delicious burger. Mm. (laughs) Also, somebody has to get sick because that's also how it goes. Mm. Someone always gets sick. Whoa, whoa. No (laughs) one has to go my burger. I possibly maybe this year is not a good time to get sick. I did, I did want to mention one thing that's kind of interesting from this is they are still doing overlapping panels, which is weird. I mean, when you have yeah. nine days and 24 hours of streaming, you'd assume you would not have a ton of overlap. But, but I, yeah, like they're doing what, like four different streams and a lot of them are crossing over at the same mm-hmm. time. So I, I think it also just helps because of the fact that there's just things that people are not interested in and things that people are interested in. And, yeah. you know, it, it, it's just so different and changes so much that... Like there's the speed running one and the cosplay ones. And so like, obviously that's drawing two different crowds. Right. Right. The other thing to mention too, with these panels, um, of course there is a giant range of them, as you just said, but uh, one of them that I wanted to make sure that everyone watched is the infinite storytelling engine of professional wrestling, because (laughs) that will be the best panel for PAX online. Here's the question. It. Is Giant Bomb going to be doing it? Because you know I won't watch it unless it's Giant Bomb. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that was... I don't know uh, about your experience, but when I was looking over at those panels, there wasn't a lot of names attached to any of them. Right. Like, I was looking for some of the ones that like normally are just like, oh, hey, you know, this is the the Jackbox panel where we play Jackbox and here's all the people that we have for it. So I was kind of like waiting for them to say like, oh, you know, we've got like one person from Giant Bomb and some IGN people and some people from Loading Ready Run and like, you know, because that's normally how it runs. And right. like, there's none of that. So I don't know if I want to watch that because I don't know if any of the people that I know and like any of those personalities are going to be there well you know they can probably be a lot more fluid with who they're going to have in these panels because it's not like they have to fly them to boston and or (laughs) wherever the show is and get them to show up and do a panel for an hour it's kind of whoever is by a computer with zoom and can just turn on a mic right right all right who can talk about painting minis uh who do we know who do we know (laughs) yeah just whoever 
Uh, other online things we should talk about. Um, Ubisoft Forward. Yeah. We should, we should briefly cover this since Alex spent like all day watching it. It wasn't all day. How many, it was a pretty long? short thing. It was like an hour long or something. Um, yeah, Ubisoft's continuing to do little mini E3 things. And uh, I don't know. They, they announced a couple of things in this one. Uh, Sam Fisher's coming to Rainbow Six. I thought that was cool. Wait, to uh, see. he's yeah, mm-hmm. really. He's not. He's not called Sam Fisher though. He's called no. Zero. Yeah, of course. So is Sam Fisher not coming to Siege? <laughs> no, it's Zero <laughs> coming to Siege. Didn't you just <laughs> you missed it? Uh, they're remaking Prince of Persia: Sands of Time. Yeah. All right. Who's asking for that? Wait, 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 wait. I feel like My I brother. liked that game, but I thought most people hated that game. To be what? fair, that's that probably good. the last good Prince of Persia game they made. It's mm. like a cult classic at this point. I can yeah. I can see why they're doing it. My brother played it as a kid and immediately texted me when it showed up on stream and was like, Oh my gosh, yes. My childhood. <laughs> it's not I don't think it's coming to Switch, right? There's a rumor that it's gonna come to Switch, but I think I'm so far they've sure. only confirmed Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. Which, that I mean... Is honestly, accurate for the trailer. The only way I would buy it, I think, would be on Switch. Mm. Like, I, I actually, I never played the first one. I played some of the second one. And I think all of the third one. Wow, mm-hmm. I played that series really weird. None of the <laughs> ones that came after those three. The um, weird reboot one? I never played those. I played Warrior Within about halfway and yeah. two the two guys. Two thrones. The two yes, the two thrones. Played I I don't think I managed to beat the last boss, but I definitely got to the last boss, so that's annoying. Mm. <laughs> Time to go back and finish it. Yeah, yeah I, I mean I got the old save. Yep, might as well go back to get ready for the re release of the first one. Yeah. Finish the sequels. Seems legit. I don't know. It looks fine. I might play it. I don't know. Uh, they're re-releasing Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the yep. game. Man, why? Which is weird. Yeah, <laughs> a super weird was, announcement, I think. It was a very good arcade game. I remember playing the shit out of that on my Xbox back in high school. But it is, it is just like an arcade game, though. Yes, mm-hmm. it is very much an arcade game. So when they're like, "Hey, we're gonna remake this," out, I was kind of like. Why? Yeah, I like, feel like nobody's asking for this. I'm I'm glad that it's being released again because I remember like there was something weird about it. Like it was released and then it was taken off the shop, and so like you couldn't play it anymore. And since since it was only like a arcade digital title, like you couldn't even play it on Steam anywhere or anything like that. So people were sad about that, and I was like, yeah. And I mean, I get that, but at the same time, like if you if you already had it, you played it, and I don't really think that you needed to play it more. Like, it was it was fun for what it was, and then it ended. And that's mm-hmm. okay. That the, Video games can do that. Well, it's coming to new platforms. You're getting Knives Chow and Wallace Wells character add-ons. Ooh, okay, I want to play with Wallace. <laughs> yeah, I take immediately. back everything I just said. We need this. <laughs> oh, man. I remember the soundtrack's really good in that game, so that's, yes. that's cool. Anamanaguchi, I think. And I was gonna say, oh, it I was is. Like, yeah, I was like, I remember it was by a, uh, one of the the chip tune bands or whatever. It's like the chip tune band. Yeah. yeah. Um, they showed more Watch Dogs Legion stuff. Those games continue to look interesting. 
Can't wait for <laughs> it to come out. Uh, um, I saw that they had uh, Stormzy in the trailer. Yeah. London rapper. That's kind of... Okay. Yeah, they wanted to do like a London-based music thing to put in the game. That's cool. And they like apparently pulled the community and everybody said to do Stormzy, so... Mm-hmm. Is, so he is actually is in the Stormzy game and has like a. Stormzy that always is featured on Ed Sheeran's tracks, or am I thinking he, of someone completely different? Stormzy is on the most recent, uh, whatever that collaborations number six is. Yeah, I remembered things. I'm feeling good about this now. <laughs> but yeah, he like has a model of himself in the game, and he is a has like a quest line or something. So that's pretty neat. Yeah. That's cool. Um, they announced a couple new games, Riders Republic. Which looks like a, almost like an MMO, extreme sports game. As weird as that sounds. Okay. <laughs> like you can snowboard and mountain bike and wingsuit and all this kind of stuff. Here's my question. In like this big open world thing with why like people, tons of people. Why wouldn't people go outside and do this? Like really? Because yeah, it's just dangerous. Just put on your wingsuit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You try to skateboard off of a okay. you know helicopter onto an we, oil rig, we, man. Wingsuiting is one thing. Well, that's that's okay. That's just crazy. But all the other things in here, all right. Mountain biking, I skiing, feel like it's the important it's part. Snowboarding, it's extreme. It's extreme sports. sports. It's like it's not like mountain biking down your neighborhood trail. It's like huge cliffs and stuff. Also, Aaron, you're not allowed to go outside right now. It's against the law. <laughs> <laughs> Good point, Jake. So I don't know. That Did game they... looked weird. Did they mention anything about Roller Champions? Yeah, they showed some of that. Um, I don't think really anything much new came out of it, but... Yeah, I know that like the last time they announced it and they had a small little beta, and that is literally any information that anyone's gotten out of that game since. Yeah, and they so... showed like, a match or something. It looks weird. It looks okay. Yeah, I know that the people that got into the beta and that played it enjoyed it, and uh, the community director for it is... Um, Rick Stanford, someone who I've interviewed for my end of the interview podcasts. Uh, yeah. And yeah, so like that's his project uh, and he's very excited for it. So I definitely wish that the best and am eagerly waiting for it to come out to see what he's been kind of working on these past year. Uh, the last thing I thought was interesting, probably the most interesting thing they showed was this game called Immortals Phoenix. Or more, Immortals Phoenix Rising, um, which, as bad as the name that is, looks pretty cool. <laughs> it's it's like some Greek mythology stuff, uh, and they basically ripped off like everything from Breath of the Wild. Mm. <laughs> nice. So it looks a lot like Breath of the Wild, like down to the art style, sort of. Oh, rough. The most important part about this game, though, is that it's coming to Stadia. Oh, so, thank yeah. God. We can all just play it without playing it because of negative latency. So, I mean, yeah, it was it know. was all right, you know, when I played it. <laughs> it's fine. And I went by so fast, I don't remember most of it. Yeah, it's all a blur now <laughs> with all the other games I've already played, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I kind of I kind of want to play this one. It looks really cool. But also, it's like, man, did they rip off Breath of the Wild or what? <laughs> with like all the mechanics and. The way they're like, oh, stand up on this mountain and look at all these places, and then like, okay, and you're like, oh, that looks interesting over there. Look, guys, it's like dynamic, like exploration, brand new concept. (laughs) 
but yeah. One more uh, software-related thing or online-related thing. Uh, Xbox had a Game Pass update. Yeah. Uh, which, go ahead, Alex. Sure. I uh, just want to mention they're rolling EA Play into Game Pass at no additional cost. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, so you I just thought that was really get cool. EA's stuff also. That what hasn't happened steal. yet, though, right? That's not until, like, later this year. Like right think, when when the new Xbox is launched, correct? I mean, I think it is happening like now. Oh, okay. What um? So is this like EA, like that similar thing where you get access to a bunch of games as long as yeah. you're subscribed? Okay. Yep. Yeah. So EA Play is like a thing that you can subscribe to separately. That I never felt the need to because it's like such a limited library and sure. doesn't seem like it's worth it. Yeah, you and have like Star the... Wars Battlefront, Mass Effects if you yeah, really wanted them. Like I would just buy like, the one EA game that I maybe want to get per year. Supposedly there are 60 games in EA's EA Play library. Are they all EA Sports? Are they all just? You I know, mean, I'm probably. sure a lot of them are. FIFA, FIFA I mean, 20, it's, FIFA 19, FIFA it's gonna be, it's gonna be like, like Battlefield stuff, Need for Speed stuff, Mass Effect stuff, Titanfall. Yeah, Titanfall's in there. They do have a bunch of EA Sports. It's in the game. It's in the game. It's in the game. Well, see, so I thought one of the reasons they announced that is because, of course, they also announced their Xbox Series S. Yes, um, which just happened. I don't know, couple, must have been a couple days ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just a few days ago. Um, which looks a lot like a home speaker. <laughs> it's it's really cute device. Um, however, it's it does not perform very well when compared to the Series X, which I think Alex, you said it's like performs at like one third of the. Yeah, they said it's like a a four terabyte four teraflop system. Which is just a arbitrary performance metric, but yeah, sure. How many floating versus points? their uh, Series X, which is a twelve teraflop system? So nice. limited difference, really. Yeah, I mean, I I imagine this thing is everything's still going to play on the old Xbox going forward. So I feel like you can just keep your old Xbox if you have one, or this is for people looking to get into the Xbox ecosystem at a low price. Mm-hmm. So you're compete just with the Switch market. You're not going to get the upgraded visuals and stuff like that, which I think that's going to be weird for developers. I think developing wow. games that run on a range both of both. yeah, a range but of specs. I also are... wanted to mention on on these. On these Xboxes, uh, I've noticed this thing recently, and maybe they had this in the past, but they have this thing called Xbox All Access, which is an approved credit line so you can make a monthly payment at 0% APR for two years on your Xbox. Like a cell phone? Yeah. So they are making it where it's, I mean, at least for some people, semi, you know, semi-affordable because you're only making a monthly payment over time. It's 25 right. bucks a month, which is really not that bad. And I think you get... Game Pass in that too, right? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty certain that you do. Ooh. Yes, and That's Xbox quite a good Gold deal. or whatever. Yeah, right. Because they because you still have to pay for freaking online on console. Yeah. <laughs> Man, what a freaking racket! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh I, yeah. I you always get... get a weird like feeling when my friend hits me up and he's like, "Hey, do you still want to pay for your like Nintendo Switch family plan thing or whatever?" And I was like, 
wait, I still have to pay for this shit? I don't just get free internet? Like, what? Yeah, it's pretty bad. This says you can get a Series X or a Series S plus 24 months of Game Pass Ultimate and gold for $24 a month. $25 a month. Or from $25 a month, sorry. You can get... Okay, from. I was about to say. From. Just from. pick pick which one you want. <laughs> it's going to be the same well, I mean, price. They, it could have been, but they just extended the duration sort of thing, you know, <laughs> if you were getting an X versus an S. Oh, sure. But still crazy that that's all bundled into just 25 bucks a month. I mean, that's... So you can co- cancel a couple streaming services that you have and basically get an Xbox. Yeah. So only the only downside is you end up with an Xbox at the end. <laughs> <laughs> the S comes in at $300, so it's like a really decent price point for people just trying to get in the game and then the x is 500 so they announced those two price points uh i kind of expected the x to be at least 500 if not more with what's in that system um i'm wondering what sony's gonna do as everybody else is also wondering this but they have two SKUs essentially as well one's discless and so presumably that will be cheaper but how much cheaper can they hit like a $400 PlayStation 5 that performs the same as their disc version? I think that would be very compelling. You can buy this GIMPS $300 Xbox, or you can get this $400 full-performance PlayStation. Yeah. I don't know. Or, or... You can just go ahead and buy yourself an RTX 30 series graphics card and just blow yeah. everything else out of the water. Yeah, since we're talking about how bad consoles are. Pocket <laughs> consoles. Boom! <laughs> uh, NVIDIA released uh, three new graphics cards as part of their 30 series line, of course. Uh, the Earth 3 or 4? 2070, 2080? Or 3070, 3080, 3090? Three. Three. Yeah, yeah, those three. They don't have a 60 anymore, correct? Well, not yet. Well, I was going to yeah. say, I think there are rumors that another one's coming. But, I mean, yeah. every every generation, they release the expensive ones first and then slowly roll out oh, the okay. mid-tier cards. Got it, got it, got it. Uh, Alex, did you want to talk about performance on these? No, this is not my color. Oh, this is not your color. Caleb! Oh, I mean, I don't, I don't know the exact specs. <laughs> you put it down. You better you, start Googling. I, I brought it up because I feel like Alex knows all the stuff about it. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb I just wanted to point out Alex to the 30 series this. is going to be coming out shortly. I mean, the 3080 comes out September 17th, so that's you mm-hmm. know like a week. And then the 3070 doesn't come out till October, and then I don't remember right. when the 90 comes out. But the 90s, absurd. the 90s is like a week after the 80. It's in, the 90s okay. in September. Can we talk about the size of the 90? Okay, oh let's gosh, just let's back so up for big. a second. The 3080 is just like well, sorry, the 3070 is like a normal graphics card size, right? 3080 yeah. probably like a large graphics card size. So if you had mm-hmm. another high-end model graphics card, that's kind of the size. size. Yeah. 3090? Forget it. Like it's Triple slot design. It. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's, so it's longer, too. It's longer than other graphics cards as well. Look, I'm just going to say size, not everything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm on their uh, site right they call now. It, Sorry. I was about to say, they call it the BFGPU, if that tells you anything. (laughs) God bless. (laughs) I'm looking at their site right now, and they have three games they use to measure performance. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think the three are? I hope it's going to be GTA 5. Control? Gotta be Crisis. It's gotta be Crisis. Control seems like a good one. Control is correct. 
Nice. Okay. Okay. Control. Fortnite. Borderlands Three. Oh, Why? Okay. What? And Minecraft. Oh, what? My nice. <laughs> why oh my Minecraft? God. Minecraft because with Minecraft the RTX has, on. With the RTX Correct. stuff, They have yeah. RTX, that's mm-hmm. why. Uh, Man, never ceases <laughs> to crack me up. <laughs> yeah, so the, the basic rundown on the series, the pricing's pretty good this time. Um, the 3080 is coming in at $700, which is like $200 cheaper than... Oh, well, you hold your tongue. Sixty-nine nine. Okay, six hundred ninety nine dollars. Sure. <laughs> um, the thirty ninety is fifteen hundred dollars, admittedly, but you have to think of it in the perspective of they're positioning this as the Titan of the generation. There's not going to be a Titan, and the Titan of last generation was twenty five hundred dollars. So that's actually a pretty good deal. They're they're not expecting you to buy the thirty ninety though. That's like for crazy people or people that have compute workloads that need stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so how many are you buying them? Yeah, do you already <laughs> have them cross-firing in your case right now? <laughs> Interesting thing about this generation is SLI is dead, finally. Mm-hmm. There's no SLI like ports on these cards, except for the 3090. 3090 has one. <laughs> <laughs> but that's is like that just for... assuming like workstation stuff? Yeah, that's like for workstation stuff. If you're sure trying to run 3090s in parallel to compute how to cure covid yeah i guess that that seems important yeah um but yeah the the 3080 seems like a pretty good price for performance i mean 700 yeah. is still crazy for a graphics a card but if you want the flagship graphics card that's that's a good price for it is anyone thinking of picking one of these up yeah alex yeah <laughs> i mean <laughs> yeah so i want to better s- than the 20 series the 3080 is like from everything we've seen so far about 50% better than the 2080 Ti, which is like a level up from what you should be comparing it to. Um, so that seems really good. The 3090, they showed off playing 8K games at 60 frames a second. I mean, sure. Are there monitors that can support that? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> There's like nothing. I don't know why they wanted to show that. I I really wanted them to show. 4k performance because if you can finally do 4k high frame rate stuff that'd be nice yeah i mean you know they would have just shown gta 5 fortnite (laughs) minecraft but the skyrim skyrim 70 is 500 i think i think that's more reasonable for like most people that are in pc gaming it outperforms the 2080 ti correct yeah supposedly Barely. I mean, I mean barely Nvidia still graph are next to each other. Yeah, but Nvidia still, showed a graph and it's like it performs better than the 2080 Ti, and they put the dot directly next to the other dot. <laughs> yeah, but the 2080 Ti was so freaking expensive, and for yeah, a 500 dollar graphics card, that's pretty freaking good deal. Twelve hundred starting. Yeah, so if you just bought a 2080 Ti recently, you're pretty screwed. Resale value is going to go down so fast. Yeah, actually, I heard if you're looking for a graphics card, I hear the used graphic card market is flooded with pretty good graphics cards <laughs> pretty for pretty right good now. prices. <laughs> uh, I did want to say I was a little bit disappointed that Crisis wasn't one of the games they showed on their page to you know to demonstrate uh, frames per second. But right. the reason why is because Crisis just recently announced their remastered highest graphics setting is called Can It Run Crisis. <laughs> I was going to mention so. this story because I love it so much. <laughs> Really good. 
it's we've we've come back. We've come back around to that meme in the like mid two thousands. It's here. It's back, boys. But they're like, yeah, we're we're gonna make a graphics mode that's actually gonna push modern graphics again, the way it originally did. Why like not? that's that's pretty cool. Uh, we should also talk about one more thing in uh, Games Realm, which is uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Yeah. Uh, I, so wonder, out of I wonder who's excited. The goddamn <laughs> blue. Nintendo was just like, hey, here's a direct about Mario uh, and his being around for 35 years. And so, like, it was kind of like, yeah, here's, like, this, like, Mario Game & Watch thing. That's kind of cool, all right. There was uh, Mario Kart Home Circuit, which is like these RC cars that will interact with each other, like VR. That seemed really neat. Like, I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. And then, you know, like their their big takeaway was uh, Super Mario 3D World All-Stars, which is Super Mario 64, Sunshine, and Galaxy all on one Switch cartridge. Uh, and I think that sounds great. Man, I've been wanting pretty much all of these ports for so long. Like, I'm bummed that there's no Super Mario Galaxy 2, because that seems like it would have been an obvious pick, but I get it. You want to do 3. Uh, the weird thing about this, though, is they're only going to be available until March? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Just about that? the weirdest thing I've ever seen in video it's games. It's like... Limited like, run? It's, well, it's coming out as a digital download. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, what are you doing? Like, what a bunch of shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My assumption is the fact that they're trying, like, if they didn't put that there, I feel like a lot of people would hear about that and just go, oh, yeah, I like those games. I'll get to it at some point but then when they're like no every oh you know in that this was all of the stuff that was announced it all has a limited run until the uh march so i feel like that's just they're trying to make this like an event like hey we're gonna blast you with all things mario all over the place but we're only doing it for a couple of months in celebration and then celebration's over we got to get back to doing our normal stuff and so i i kind of i kind of am not against it having a company just be like hey we've decided that we're only going to sell this for a little bit so we can trick more people into buying it yeah doesn't seem like a great reason Mm -hmm. like yeah they're probably going to get a bunch of money from it but yes yeah it's, it's bullshit like if it was just like, hey, we are going to make X amount of copies of this cartridge, and that's the only way you can get it. Like, Yeah, I could see that. If it was like a that, physical thing that they're only sure. doing like a limited production like that, run. Like that cart thing. Well, I that's think... probably tough to make and probably has limited appeal. So you only sell it for a little bit. You get your money. You don't have to keep making it. I get it. But the I... game is sold in a digital format. <laughs> What, You're just what? arbitrarily taking it off so people can't play it anymore. So I think the problem with uh, with what Jake was saying is is twofold, is that if you do have like a limited run of cartridges or whatever, and you say, hey, we made like a thousand of, you know, a thousand of these games, is that a lot of collectors are going to buy them and then hold on to them. And then you're going to see like the price just skyrocket up and it won't actually get into the hands of people that like 
want to play it so i feel like that's why they have to do something that's like a limited time event to make it special but also like they're gonna make as many as people order so that way it's not going to be just kind of a collector specific thing and only they get to play it for because they paid three hundred dollars a cartridge it'll end up being like a thing that gets kind of disseminated out to the people especially because as you pointed out jake that it's going to be in a digital format so like here take it um and i get what you're saying i definitely think the fact that it is very anti-consumer but i also i like the idea that they're trying to make an event of it like they're trying to do something that's like yeah you know we've got all of these different special things and we're doing you know special clothing lines and blah 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 but it's all limited time just to celebrate the 35th year of mario and then after that, you know, we're going to take it away. And so, like, I understand that that doesn't give you the ability to buy it later. But I also feel like that's one of the things of just like, yeah, we're trying to make it more exclusive. We're trying to give it that appeal of like, this is because of the, the birthday and like the party kind of thing. I think it's dumb. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> the other way I could see it being a thing is if it wasn't like their content and they're paying like a licensing fee and they'd be like, all right, we're going to do this thing and pay for the license for this amount of time to do this. And then that'll go away. The, the one thing that but I, I do get excited about this is, is the fact that a we're getting a GameCube game remade onto, you know, ported over to the switch, which is great. I want more GameCube games on the Switch, so that's great. Uh, also, same thing with the N64 games. I also loved whoever did the math and figured out that you could put the entire like catalog of N64 games on a single Switch cartridge, and I just I, ever since I heard that, that's exactly what I want. Like, I want to play every single N64 game. You can put it in one cartridge; it would work. Like, just port it over and give it to us. That'd be so much fun. I did want to mention, since we're talking about ports, the one port I'm just ready to come out is the Metroid Prime port. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but they hired a Modern Warfare developer to lead development for Metroid Prime 4. Oh. Wow. Yeah. I don't... Like, this is fairly fresh news. I think it was just yesterday. Apparently, this guy did Modern Warfare, Twisted Metal Black, and Doom. Okay. Um, what, like original that's a good Doom? rap cheap. Doom 2016. Yeah, Doom? Oh, oh, yeah. That's a good one. Good, yeah. Good, good. I was going to say either Doom is a pretty good one. True, while, while very good, it just makes me that much more sad because that the means they're that much further behind from actually having this game done. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm oh, like, hey. I just assume it's never going to be done. And then when it finally comes out, <laughs> it'll be just a happy surprise. I, I guess that's what we should do. Yeah. Kind of like Elder Scrolls. Six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just forget that they ever. It's never about happened. it for a few years. It's gonna be it's like just, ten years you, from now when that comes out. Do you think <laughs> that? 22, 22. Yeah. If they ever <laughs> did get like the Metroid or uh, the new, you know, Elder Scrolls or anything like that, do you ever think that they would try to do um, a like uh, a surprise drop, just like announce it one day, just being like, "Hey, tomorrow." Elder Scrolls 6. Like, just throw it out there. No fanfare, no trailers. Just literally just be like, hey guys, uh, it's out tomorrow. Good luck. Have fun. 
I don't, I think don't... they did that once with a console and it was disastrous and nobody bought it. Was it Ouya or whatever? No, the that fuck had that a bunch was? of hype and nobody liked it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did that with Apex. Yeah, they did that with Apex. That was kind of crazy, actually. I mean, it's, it's just such a. Four got announced like three or four months before it came out. Yeah. Mm. It just seems like a thing that it happens a lot in like the music industry of just being like, oh, yeah, uh, I was working on this thing and everyone knows like they were working on, you know, that album or whatever. And then they're like, yeah, uh, it's out tomorrow. Enjoy. Have fun. Uh, and then they just kind of like go back to do whatever they were doing. And they, like everyone freaks out for the day because it's like, oh, it's out tomorrow. And that I just feel like that would be such like an interesting thing to see video games try to do one of those and just kind of slide one in and just be like, all right, go for it. I, maybe maybe they can do that more if they get more people on streaming services. But I think because it's a purchase, I feel like they're going to lose out on some of their mm. revenue. Yeah, I see what yeah. you're saying. Because if you really nobody, well, I'm not going to say that because I'm sure people are still buying CDs or digitally paying for music. Although yeah. I don't know why. I mean, streaming services are crazy. Uh, but you know, people are still buying digital copies of games. People are still some for some reason going to GameStop and buying physical copies of games. GameStop so, is still a thing. So yeah, I mean, yeah. Until that disappears, I think, and and things go really, really the direction of streaming. I don't think. They're probably going to do... You're not going to see many of those drops last minute. A uh, couple other things to talk about. Not game-related, film-related. Um, the Dune trailer dropped recently. Which... Buddy. Oh, yeah. That's pretty sick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It Step makes one. Me... Get everyone in Hollywood involved. <laughs> no kidding. Get, Jeez, get everyone good in Hollywood cast. involved. Like, just literally everyone and their brother. Like, I'm surprised that half of the Scars guards aren't there. Like, I was like, <laughs> are they going to just, like, peek around the corner? Like, where's where where are these other people that I'm expecting? Because everyone else is in this, and I'm so excited for it. It looks great. It made me, for a minute, want to go back and play Dune 2000 until I went yeah. and looked at some footage of Dune 2000, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> oh, yeah. That Never game did mind. not age well. Oh, man, that game is old. It it's does an old, have... It's game, dude. Say what? It's an old game. I mean, yes. It's very, very old. Uh, and it actually has... Um, uh, I was watching some of the footage. It's got uh, John Reese Davis as, or John Reese Davies as one of the main actors from the, the, the like pre the cutscenes in between the different missions you have. Does anybody know who that is? It's a guy from Indiana Jones who plays. No. Oh. Nope. Oh yeah. He plays Sala yeah, yeah, yeah. in Indiana Jones. I know exactly who you're talking about right now. As you were like, yeah. He plays Gimli oh, yeah, yeah. in Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I looked him up. Now I know him. Yeah. <laughs> I like that guy. He's good. Yeah, he's he's the guy who's talking to you in Dune 2000 and all the cutscenes. Crazy. Weird. Huh. RTSs had like a weird budget of like actors yeah. that they got into mm -hmm. a lot of their cutscenes. Because I remember the playing Red Alert, and yes. I was just like, "Why are these people here? Like, you are a acclaimed actor. Like, I think Tim Curry was in one of them, and I was like, "Wait, yep. what? <laughs> he sure was. He was. He definitely oh. was. Man." What a yeah! The Command and Conquer has had like star-studded casts for their cutscenes. I don't know why. I do, I don't know why either. I always like that. Always scratched my head. I was just like, 
you're why are you here like obviously you could have asked for more money <laughs> uh, how would you even admit- play dune 2000 say what how would you even play it now i don't know Can you honestly get it on something? You'd, i mean you'd have to i i i, I don't know I don't sure know. It didn't look like it was available on a service, but I'm sure there's somewhere you can on get it. Gog. Gog. Yeah, maybe. It looks so old. What I didn't realize is that it actually came out before the Command and Conquers. Mm-hmm. This is a very old game. It's a very old RTS. Maybe. Maybe I'll play it. One other thing to mention in film, though, uh, Fog Hill of the Five Elements. I believe yeah. this is Alex. Yeah, I wanted to bring this up. It's a, it's an anime. Mm-hmm. 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 Is it though? Is it? It's Are Chinese. You sure? So Wait. I don't know if I call it anime. Yeah. Is it? Is it cartoon drawn? Yeah. Is it in the style of anime? Yeah. All right. It's an anime. <laughs> yeah. We can call it that, I guess. It's um. <laughs> I mean, would you call like Avatar: The Last Airbender anime? Because I would argue that it is. And that's American made. Uh, a very contentious point. Yeah. What about mm-hmm. it is? But what about Castlevania? Anyway, anyway, that Fog Hill of the Five Elements. I wanted to tell everybody to go watch this show because it is three episodes long. Oh. It's it is that is short. Some of the best animation I've ever seen for fights. What? Whoa. Super cool looking. Where can you watch um, it? I don't know. I downloaded the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is it? Um, sure, you can find it somewhere. Incredible. You can buy it on Amazon. Um, yeah, that's all I gotta say about it. It's it's a very <laughs> small studio, so the story is nowhere near complete. But they're gonna take a long time to like put stuff out, so they're putting them out in like chunks. Uh, it's like a five to ten person studio that's doing it. Dang. So, story seems pretty interesting so far, but we're, I mean, three episodes three in, episodes. so <laughs> not a ton happened. But they do have, like, three or four really sick fights in those three episodes. Are the fights so. better than the fights in Demon Eyes Kyo? Yeah, I would say so. Okay, just checking. Wanted to make sure. Very important. Oh, demonized Kyo. Freaking, I wasn't even thinking of the right thing. 100% way better. I was thinking of Demon Slayer, which I think, yeah, they're better than those. And this is only three, like, how long are the episodes? They're like half an hour. Half an hour? Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. That's funny. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. Cool. No doubt. Literally, like, the first episode just starts in an action sequence. It's very cool. Mm. This is uh, ranked number 559 on. Mal. Must be anime if it's on Mal. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Checks out. Actually, yeah. I don't think Avatar's on there or Castlevania. Uh, let's talk about one more thing. I was thing. just checking that, actually. In uh, film-related sure. world, uh, Netflix not. recently released a multi-part series about video games called High Score. Oh. Yeah. Has uh, anyone else been watching this? Because it's ridiculously good. I have not, but I love documentaries and I've been considering it. Yeah, no, you should check it out. It's it is very well done. Uh 
my only complaint about it is that it is very uh like retro centric like it, it it the all of the stories that they tell are um like you know you're talking about the original NES Sega uh you know like it's it's kind of very based on those so i'm very eager to see them kind of build upon this for a second season and kind of get to more of like games that i played uh like cuz i mean they talked about sonic and i remember playing sonic when i was younger but not a lot because i was very little and so i'm waiting for the kind of like the more of the stories about like the N64 days and things like that um but it's so it's pretty good about all of the stories and the things that they dive into. Do they get into arcade games at all? They do talk about arcade games. Do... They talk about the uh like the creation of Pac-Man as well as like oh, the uh okay, okay, the people okay. that cool, modded cool, cool. arcade cabinets. But uh, like do they talk about Billy Mitchell at all? Uh they might have and I'm just blanking on Billy Mitchell's name. Oh, he's the guy he was the guy who was in that uh King Kong fistful no, of okay. they 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 do not talk about that person at all. The King of Kong. The King of Kong, for. that's right. No. They do uh what I thought they did really well is they do have a couple of interviews with people that were in like contests and esports at the time of like these games being out and being popular. Uh and so like it was really interesting to kind of hear about that cuz you don't hear about their stories as much of just being like, "Oh hey, you know, Nintendo's having a having a contest to see who's the best, you know, Tetris player." And so like that's kind of an interesting thing of hearing their stories as well as the fact that they found a lot of stories of um uh just like non cis white stories in video games hmm. which i thought was really cool like they have uh they they have a story of a like trans esports competitor they have a story of like this woman who was trying to write uh one of the first rpgs and like it's just kind of really interesting to hear their stories because i feel like they get buried a lot around uh you know like oh well you know these were the people that created pac-man or doom right. or things like that and like we kind of we hear their names you know uttered and we kind of have an idea about them here and right. there um so it was kind of nice to hear other people's tales about uh creating games and things like that that's really um, cool especially if it, the documentaries is really retro centric yeah like, you know that stuff i'm sure was just buried like nobody that, that's something that nobody really talks about anyways Th there is there is a person that they talk about um who created a game uh and it is apparently known as like one of the first games uh for the lgbtq uh community like it was this gay developer uh and they lost their master copies of the game and they couldn't find it anywhere because like they were literally making them and selling them out of their basement <laughs> and because of this documentary, someone like that had a copy of it met him and gave him like because he wanted to have a copy back and he lost them all. And so like he was able to finally like, reunite with this art that he made, you know, like two decades ago. And I was like, this is just really cool. Hmm. That seems cool. Let's check it out. Yeah, no, I, I highly recommend it. They, it's been very nice to kind of like, it's a lot of the stories that you do kind of know about like how they created Doom or how they, you know, the, the design of, of Pac-Man. Uh, but it's also kind of some things that you didn't know. Like I never knew that 
like the uh, Miss Pac-Man came out of a modding community and the, they were being sued by Atari at the time. And so, like, it was just this weird thing about how, like, Atari ends up dropping the lawsuit against them because they didn't want to set precedents on, uh, like, modding video games. And so they were like, hey, we'll drop the suit if you take any of the mods that you make and just give it to us and we'll sell them and we'll give you a cut. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Like, it, it, and I was like, I've never heard that story before. And I thought it was super cool. That's really neat. Last but not least, we should mention there is a not-so-secret playtest. <laughs> yeah, if you if you follow Pathfinder 2nd Edition at all, you'll be interested, because there's a new playtest that came out, I think, yesterday or Tuesday, uh, that has Tuesday. Uh, Magus in it and Summoner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know anything about Summoner, really, from 1st Edition, so I don't know how it compares. But Magus looks super cool, and I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, looks so like that's this playtest is in the playtest so far. Just the only running for like a month. Is that right? Yeah, October sixteenth, twenty twenty, was the end date. Very short. Yeah, and that's all we have, guys. That's it. There's nothing else on this list. Yeah, yeah, but you know, we didn't have a lot. I can come there. up with things if you. Yeah. Oh, can you? <laughs> Want to continue? You just riff Jesus. right now. <laughs> yeah. Go. Go. Can we not? I got to be up in Go. like seven hours. No, we're talking about random shows on Netflix. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just go, go. What Project, do you got right now? Project Quick. Power came out. Garbage. That was, keep going. I watched that. That was Garbage. pretty keep good. Going. Anything else? Go. And we can start talking about the shrimp thing. That would be that'd be fun. The shrimp thing. The shrimp thing. The shrimp thing. Yeah, the because Project Power, his powers all come from animals. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and then his right. his yeah, power yeah, came yeah, from yeah, like yeah. the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Hey, thanks for joining Mm -hmm. us. We'll catch you next time. This week's podcast was edited by me, Aaron Juno. Other voices this week include Alex McCoslin, Jake John Fetterkyle, Caleb Juno, and Owen Patterline. This week's music was again brought to you by Amer. You can check out his music on Spotify, or you can also check it out on soundcloud.com forward slash Amer. Additionally, you can check out everything that we do, We Are The Horizon, at our website, www.wearethehorizon.com. We have a lot of video posts as well as links to other content we've done in the past. We also have a couple new series that we've been working on. One for a custom Divinity campaign and another for a Pathfinder campaign that we've been working on. So make sure you check those out as well. Again, thanks so much for joining us and we'll catch you next time.